Real Fun DC. Industry Night with Nikki Mellis. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Industry Night on Real Fun DC. I'm your host Nikki Nellis. Thanks so much for joining me. If it's your first time tuning in to Industry Night, shame on you, but I will introduce myself to you regardless. I have been covering the DC food, wine, and hospitality scene for the last 18 years. You may have heard my husband and I, David Nellis, on Foodie and the Beast, the um the only food and wine variety show in the DC metro area on 1500. We are celebrating 13 years on air this September. We're very excited. You may also hear me on WTOP. I do regular roundups and trend reports for them. Of course, you follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And where it all began, the list, are you on it.com, the online e-zine that uh, talks about every food and wine event happening in the DC metro area. Now, during COVID, we did change it a little bit because we really had access to all these incredible events happening all over the country and internationally. So there are some things on there that are not DC specific. And I think that will be the silver lining of COVID, this availability to participate virtually in events and happenings and wine tastings and cooking demonstrations that maybe you wouldn't have had access to before that you do now. So June is taking off like a rocket. Uh, there's openings happening and restaurants happening and events happening. And now that I am totally vaxxed, I am completely back and uh, I am totally getting out there, which is so much fun. Um, so a couple places that I've hit up in the last week. So I did go to Imperfecto which might be aptly named. Um, the space is gorgeous and it's super buzzy, a real who's who. Everybody is looking around to see who you are and who you're with. Um, it was weird because it's been a long time since I've been in a space like that. Um, the service was excellent, uh, but the food was a real mess, I thought. I know Tom Seatsma gave it a rave review. There was just a lot on the plate. I just felt that uh, a little restraint from the kitchen would have proved um, better and it's very expensive fair warning um taco bamba has just opened in rockville's congressional plaza i'm so excited for victor albisu and his team now if you haven't had taco bamba you're probably thinking another taqueria nikki big deal this is not another taqueria this is victor albisu a acclaimed chef who has opened up this concept the food is excellent he has several in virginia um, he did have to close his one in D.C. because of COVID, but now he's opened up this one in Maryland at Congressional Plaza. It is worth every calorie. Uh, and lastly, last night I was at Caruso's, which is the new Italian restaurant from Neighborhood Restaurant Group in The Roost. So The Roost, which we've talked about on this show before, is a new food hall that has a variety of really interesting, fun concepts but their standalone restaurant is Caruso's, and this is a partnership with Matt Adler. You know Matt, he used to be with Michael Schlau, and before that he was Osteria Marini. I mean, this guy knows how to swirl some pasta, and that's what Caruso's is. It totally takes me back to like my New Jersey pasta eating with my family, lots of red sauce, fried mozzarella, spaghetti and meatballs, um, and to top it off, 
a huge sundae covered with um, caramel popcorn afterwards. Uh, another uh, calorie buster, but again, totally worth it. Now, um, I believe in showing our pride all year long. I'm a major ally. Many of you know I sit on the board at the Human Rights Campaign, Chefs for Equality. But we shouted super loud and proud uh, in June because it's National Pride Month. So Pride is a real time to stand with our LBGTQ plus community and celebrate the triumphs of and those who really continue to fight for the civil liberties. I mean, now more than ever, we're on a good path, but there is so much to do, uh, especially in the trans community. Um, the stats there are just terrible. Um, and it's important that we fight for everyone's civil liberties. Uh, you can be a part of it. Um, there's lots of great organizations like the Human Rights Campaign that you can uh, donate to. But the CC area is doing some delicious things uh, around the hospitality industry. Um, they all have their flags raised. And you can check out what District Donut is doing, Dirty Habit, Foxtrot, The Freshman, Hip City Veg, they all have different uh, food promos that they are doing that helps raise funds for Pride Month. So uh, check it out. I'm sure more will come out as we get closer to the parade in two weeks. It's a little different this year, but it's still going to be festive and fun. Okay, so Memorial Day has passed and we are getting into summer 2021. It looks brighter than 2020, that's for sure. Now, please remember this is very important. Restaurants are opening. It's exciting, but staffing is an issue. We talked about it at length with some industry professionals last week. If you didn't hear that show, tune in because we really fleshed out what the issues are when it comes to staffing in the hospitality industry right now. So when you go to a restaurant, please be kind, be patient. Everybody is trying to get their acts together. They're not doing it to screw you. They're doing it because they love their jobs and they're trying the best they can. So with that, let's get on with the show. So today's show is going to be a little different. I've always had an interest in botanicals or magical items. Crystals have always interested me, but I've never bought any. Um, I meditate, but I, and I journal, but I'm not all the way there with like sage and, and potpourris and doing things that, that bring more goodness to me. I'm interested in it, but I don't know enough about about it. So I'm very excited because later in the show, I will be talking to Deb Schaefer of Enchanted Botanicals and about how she found a lifestyle that brings her joy. And uh, she's going to share that magical journey with us. I'm, I'm very excited. But first, um, as I've mentioned before, Eric Brunner Yang is a mensch. It's a Yiddish term. It means um, a person of integrity or honor. And Eric Buner Yang is a total mensch, uh, both pre and current COVID times. He uh, and his ever expanding restaurant empire, um, he executed the Power of Ten initiative. He's always looking for ways to contribute and raise awareness in the DC area, not just in the restaurant industry. Anyway, he's partnered with me on the list are you on it.com 
for all of 2021. And he is sharing his platform and therefore my platform uh, to highlight different people in the DC metro area who he thinks are doing amazing things. And I am the total beneficiary of this because he has put me in touch with people who are doing incredible things. We've talked to the women behind Walks for Washington, Embrace the Race, Empower the Diner. And now on today's show, I have been introduced, thanks to Eric Buner Yang, to uh, Tony Lewis Jr. So Tony is a community leader. He's a re-entry expert um, and a champion for children with incarcerated parents. Um, he has fought over the past 21 years to uplift and empower men, women, and children impacted by mass incarceration. Um, he is an author of a book called Slug Life, A Boy's Life in the Age of Mass Incarceration. And he has a story to tell. And I'm um, humbled that he is going to be sharing it with us today. Tony, hi, how are you? I'm going outstanding. How are you? I'm Thanks going. for having me. Thank you for joining us. So Tony, tell me a little bit about your dad's story, because at the end of the day, it starts with your dad. Yeah, sure. My father went to prison when I was nine years old. Um, I turned 41 on Friday, right? So that's 32 years. He's been incarcerated. Uh, my father was convicted of a nonviolent drug offense in 1989, uh, which obviously altered sort of my life. Um, you know, but, but you know, I'm so happy to say we've been able to maintain a relationship through these 32 years of incarceration. He's been my biggest fan, my, big, my biggest advocate, uh, my biggest inspiration um, to not follow in his footsteps and become the man that I am today. Uh, and luckily we've been able to collaborate on a lot of things that's actually helped the District of Columbia, uh, particularly as it relates to violence interruption and reentry. And so, but how did he inspire you to do that? Because you were a young kid. And yeah, yeah. that must have been a very hard time for you. In incredibly traumatizing. Um, you know, and not to mention my mother would um soon after his incarceration would uh start to battle severe mental illness. So I grew up you know, I didn't have my parents in the same way, uh, but from prison, through letters, uh, through phone calls um, and some visits, he just always was transparent about his situation, how he would never want me to be in that situation. So the things that I needed to do was make sound decisions, uh, value education, uh, you know, stay close to family, all of the things that he felt like would, would lead me in a different direction. But at the same time, I was growing up in the same neighborhood that he grew up, same block. Um, and, and, and pretty much a worse time, though. I grew up in the 90s. The yeah. DC was incredibly violent, you know, crack capital of the United States, murder capital of the United States. And my neighborhood was, was uh, sort of in the bullseye of that. Uh, but with a lot of family love and a lot of his direction, um, you know, I was able to navigate through that. And, and that, by me doing that, gave me the ability to reach back uh, and help other people do the same thing. And that sort of morphed into my life's work. So my whole adult life, I've been a public servant, uh, somebody trying to stand in the gaps, somebody trying to be a bridge, um, a translator, if you will, um, and, and somebody to create a thought leader around how do we create an opportunity for those that come up in a similar situation as I. Well, so, but what you're doing is really interesting because you're, obviously you have your father's story who, you know, has led you on this path to help children of parents who are incarcerated and then also helping those who leave the prison system. So how did you, how did, how did those paths get created for you? 
Yeah, so I mean, um, you know, I, I also have, I grew up in a situation where not just my father, but all the men in my life uh, were in and out of prison, some of the women also. Um, and I found my way into reentry first work. I was doing violence interruption initially. Um, and then I got a job working in a reentry program, which became, uh, you know, sort of my life's purpose. Uh, and, and in the midst of that, uh, the many women that I was helping to stabilize and rebound when they returned from prison, uh, I saw myself in their children though, right? And I knew what that felt like, right? I, I was a kid, I still am a kid of an incarcerated parent. I'm no longer a child, but my parent is still incarcerated. And I know the isolation, I, I know the, the trauma, the, the, the sort of the, the doubt, the insecurity that comes along with having that and the shame in, in so many ways. And so I wanted to do something about that. I wanted to uh, help the community uh, have a, a greater awareness of how we need to center those children, particularly in schools and had to provide them with mentoring and behavioral health supports and all the things that they may need um, to, to reach their greatest potential. Because I feel like, you know, I felt like at that time that those things weren't happen, happening enough. Uh, and I'm glad that through my advocacy, I've been able to do a lot with DCPS um, to, for them on a, from a social emotional standpoint, to be able to create a, a pathway to identifying children, um, to have people self-identify in, in, in hopes to provide supports for them and their guardians or them and their custodial parent. I've also worked with uh, the DC City Council, particularly Robert White, to introduce a bill that got passed into law that would do a comprehensive study um, and then a strategic plan of ways to help children and incarcerated parents in this city. And hopefully that can be a model for the rest of the country. Uh, I'm also a member of an organization called We Got Us Now that does national advocacy for children with incarcerated parents. Um, the executive director, her name is Ebony, Ebony Underwood, but We Got Us Now is an organization that uh, we're working in states on local, state, and federal, uh, uh, sort of on local, state, and federal uh, issues to be able to, again, center children with incarcerated parents. So those sort of dual tracks, um, I see them as, a, as the same thing because I mean, my drive to stabilize the parents uh, is really stems from me having the children in mind. Um, your life is so altered when your family member, when your parent is incarcerated. It, it, it potentially, it's potentially the greatest destabilizer. Um, I've even read studies that say it may be more, be more traumatizing than you know, having your parent to, to, to pass away uh, just because it's so constant, right? Uh, and until that parent is re returned to, to you, um, it, it remains a trauma. So um, yeah, I just, again, again, my, my advocacy has always been personal. Um, it's been, you know, informed by not just my experiences, but the experiences of others. And it continues to be driven. And I, and I, and I don't have all the answers, but um, I, I've often, you know, confide in other people and get their perspectives and try to bring it to, to the table where we all can sort of work together to, to remedy these issues. Well, I think you bring up a good point. You may not have all the answers, but you're looking for them. And that's exactly. that's where we have to begin, right? Um, and I, I mentioned to you before the show, because I know somebody who was incarcerated, but when they left, they had a family, they had a place to live, they had a job to go to. So they had support there. There was not going to be a cycle to break with that person, hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, remains to be seen, but they, they had a support system in place. Whereas that person would say to me, I can name five men who do not have a support system. There's no, Absolutely. there's no system for them. They are destined 
to fail because there is no place for them to live. There is no work for them to have. There is no legit support in place. So when you're talking about re-entry, what, what are the programs that you're working on to change that narrative? Because it's so important. That's a great, that's a great question and great lead up to that question because everything you said is facts. You know, the stabilizing components, housing, employment, and family reunification. So everything that we're doing is trying to provide, uh, create a system by which we create those things for people that don't have it. And we enhance those things for people that may have some of it. And in, in Washington DC today, uh, when we look at gentrification, um, and that most people that are going to prison are coming from impoverished communities to begin with. Right. So there's it's, not a ton of stability. It's a socioeconomic thing. I mean, we, absolutely. we all know it. Do you know what I mean? Like, or it's just not discussed. Like when we talk about gentrification in this city, there's money, lots and lots of money being poured into these neighborhoods that do need to be rebuilt, but it's not rebuilding them from the ground up. It's just- right. It's not inclusive of the people that, that are already there. It's not going to the foundation. It's just making the buildings pretty and putting in expensive, you know, condos and restaurants. I mean, I get what's happening, but the question is, is why isn't some of that money going into the foundation to help the people who who there, who have been systematically taken advantage of? Sure, or at least allow them to be able, when we think about hiring policies as they stand today, housing policy, policies as, we, as they live today, those things are discriminatory against those that have been formerly incarcerated. So a lot of people can't even get the family sustaining employment that would allow them to pay the rent because they, they have a criminal history. So these are all the things we need to come together as a community to change. Um, because even if some of these apartment buildings as or condos is being erected, some folks based on that criminal history may not be able to live. And then some people may say, I don't want a person that has committed a certain offense to live beside me. So I think we all have to do uh, a lot of soul searching as it relates to redemption and how much we believe in it. And many of us, we want redemption when it's about us, but when it's about other people that we don't know, not so much, right? And so, um, you know, my work has been on the forefront of, in terms of training and getting people ready for re-entry, getting ready for employment, but it's also been, in my activist hat, has been about uh, creating policy and legislation change that will really create an equitable uh, Washington DC, which ultimately um, I think makes us all safer. It makes our city better and it really uh, puts more people in the pot that can contribute to the tax base that can help us have all the amenities and all of the things that we want, right? So investing in people, uh, in my opinion, is the, is the best thing that we can do for all of us. Um, and I'll continue to, to fight for those that uh, may not have a voice at the moment um, as much as I can. Uh, to, to really have people see the importance of inclusion and, and, and redemption. Well, I, I think on that note, I, I mean, you have given us so much to think about. Tony, how can people reach out to you? How can people get involved? You know, if yes. you know, we all sit on the sidelines, but, but there are ways to get involved. How can we get involved? Absolutely. So first, I just want to share my Instagram and Twitter handle, mm -hmm. Mr. Tony Lewis Jr., Mr. Tony Lewis Jr. I'm super active. I'm always sharing things that people can come out to. Uh, people can volunteer. People can volunteer technical technical support. People can donate to organizations. These are all the things people can do, and I'm always sharing those things. Um, and freetonylewis.com. Uh, you can reach me there. You can uh, sign a petition. Um, learn more about the call for my father's free freedom, and also sort of more uh, national clemency program that we want the White House to move on. 
uh, that we got some good news that they are making some headway there. So that's exciting. So freetonylewis.com or follow me on Mr. Tony Lewis Jr. on Instagram or Twitter. Excellent. Well, Tony, I know you're going to be joining me on Foodie and the Beast soon, and I'm looking forward yes. to that conversation. I thank you for today. And uh, if you haven't seen uh, what Tony Lewis Jr. is doing, please check out his book, uh, Slug Life, A Boy's Life in the Age of Mass Incarceration, and obviously follow yes. him on his social media channels. This is Nikki Nellis. We are on Industry Night. When we come back, we're doing a total change of pace, and we're going to get a little magical. We'll be back in just a moment. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. It's me, Nikki Nellis, at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, we just had a really inspiring conversation with Tony Lewis Jr., um, he is really an advocate and uh, an activist, and he's doing such great work. So um, get involved. There's no reason not to. And on that note, I'm moving to something completely different, but kind of equally inspiring in another way altogether. Um, Deb Schaefer has um, brought mysticism and magicalism into her life. Um, I don't know how and I don't know why. She's a spiritual herbalist. She is a Reiki master. She um, is energy intuitive. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to find out. Uh, and she's with me today. She owns um, a beautiful store that's in her house. And she creates all these magical products. And uh, I am the beneficiary of some of them, and they are magical. So, Deb, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Nikki. I'm so excited to be here. Okay, so how does one fall down this sort of wellness rabbit hole? <laughs> <laughs> um, it kind of starts with, for me, it started with a little miracle, actually. Um, in a super quick nutshell, because I think it's it's an important part of how I personally got here. Um, I hit rock bottom in August of 2006. I was diagnosed with um, a very aggressive breast cancer and I was in my late 40s, totally unprepared for anything for a diagnosis like that. And um, the day of my first surgery, our son had his first day of eighth grade. Wow. So I just remember speaking with my oncologist and him saying, you know, let's see if we can get you to two years. And I, I was shocked. I thought, wait two a minute, does, that, does anybody really have that diagnosis anymore? Right. I mean, right. there's all these treatments and people are living and, um, but it was the kind that I had. Uh -huh. And um, so at that point, once I got over the panic situation, I remember what I was wearing. I remember where I sat down and I said, okay, universe, God, this is not how um, my story is going to end. Mm -hmm. And if, if it were just me, if I didn't have this beautiful boy um, and a loving husband, um, I, I, I might be okay with this. 
but I am totally not okay leaving my son motherless at age 13. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not on my to-do list. And so um, I had one of those those moments where you pray for something and um, and I, I just I remember saying, I will do whatever it is you need me to do and um, just get me through this, get me out of this. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. And I at the at that time, I didn't know where the path was going to take me, but I had faith, I had trust that wherever the universe was going to lead me, I was going to go fearlessly. Mm-hmm. And as luck would have it, as as you know, the universe spins, it's kind of like that old um uh what is it, that old soap opera as the world turns. So right. as my universe spins, when I did my radiation mm-hmm. oncology, um I did my my chemo and surgeries at Georgetown. And then I, I live in Loudoun County. So when you do radiation, you have to go every day. And so I went to the radiation center at our local hospital in Loudoun. And the radiation oncologist there offered so many different other modalities that could be used alongside traditional Western medicine, not in place of, never in place of. Right. Um, so that's where I learned about Reiki, which is a form of energy medicine. Um, he offered guided meditation and yoga and, um, you know, group counseling, which I am not a group counseling person, but I'm, you know, I learned that. <laughs> um, so from there, I started studying energy medicine and um, and then I started studying feng shui and space clearing and um, working with land energies. And it was at that point um, where I had developed this practice called energy alchemy. And it's, it's actually working with the naturally occurring energies that run through the earth. Um, and these are not energy lines like telephone lines or underground electric lines. These are naturally occurring. So if you think of the globe, our earth as a ball, and you cover that ball with a net, that's basically in a, in a very simplified version, what the energy lines look like as they circumnavigate the globe Mm -hmm. and they crisscross and they go any which way. And when some of those lines get clogged up, um, you know, as if, like, say you had a straw and, and you're, you're sucking up a milkshake and sometimes you get a strawberry that sucks up in that straw, um, it gets clogged and the energy or your air can't move through. So it became my job to work with those lines. Some people call them ley lines. Ley lines are actually a little bit different than energy lines. Um, Ley lines generally travel through sacred sites. Okay. Um, energy lines just roll completely around the earth without stopping. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was when I was doing that work and all of my clients, when I do that work, what I'm, the goal is to balance the energy of the people living um, above these lines, and we all have lines underneath our homes, our apartments, um, townhomes, farms, 
because we're living on top of the earth. So if we are not in alignment, if we are not, um, alignment is really the best word. So if, if we're not resonating at, in the same way as that line, there's going to be a lot of discomfort. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it goes beyond discomfort into disease or infertility or headaches or fatigue. Huh. So it became my job to balance those energies. And in order to do that, I started looking for products that would help me dive into meditation a little bit more easily. And, um, and I couldn't find them. And I searched everywhere online. And that's when... What does that mean? What does that yeah. look like? What are those... What did you need to help you with meditation? You how, know what? How does yeah. that harness this energy? Like what... Mm -hmm. What were you looking for? That's a super good question. I had no idea. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I was learning as I was going. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's when this like voice, I swear, I almost heard it. It was like, you know, something from a superhero movie. This voice said, you've got these gardens, go use them. Hmm. And so I I started picking the herbs and the flowers um, that I've got here. And since that time, I have super expanded <laughs> what I grow. Mm -hmm. um, and I started drying them. And it was almost like, again, I was just being led down this path of somehow knowing what I needed to develop. And so I started creating these blends of um, flowers and herbs and sometimes essential oils into what I call loose incense. And a lot of people are probably used to like those, remember the old incense, they come on a long <laughs> stick and you light them and you know, they, they make your, your place smell like a hippie store or something. Right. They're oily, and, they're oily smelling. Yes, yes. Yes. And these are completely different. Mm -hmm. um, some of them, have almost no scent because most dried flowers, most dry herbs don't unless you put them in your hand, unless you activate them like, somehow. Like yes, yes, exactly. You rub like, them. Like when you use dry herbs, you're yes. not supposed to dri sprinkle the dry herbs in your pot. You're supposed to rub them to get their oils and uh, exactly. So you activate them. So see, there is a connection between me <laughs> and what you usually do. Yes, yes. So that that might be soul food that you would use herbs, you know, and rub them through your hands. Soul food. What I create is is food for the soul. It's it's um it's a way to help people become their best selves. And maybe they don't exactly know how to get there. Um and so I like to think that my products are there. Um, let's see, not simple. Simple is not a really good word. But but, I, you know what you mean. Your products are uh, an effort of what your priorities were. So they're not yes. complicated products. No, that's it. <laughs> they're not very complicated. So if you're a beginner, if you're just starting out on a spiritual path, which mm -hmm. is can be completely different than a religious path. Mm -hmm. So you could still be Catholic. Hello. 
right. you could still be Presbyterian or Jewish or, you know, whatever, and still have a very separate spiritual path. Mm-hmm. And so um, I craft my products to be sort of encompassing of, of from beginners to maybe more advanced, you know, people who are, are more familiar mm-hmm. with some of the terminology and some of the ritual practices. Well, let's you know, this. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about some of these products and talk about how you advise people uh-huh. to use them. Because I know there's like moon cycles and different calendars. Yes. And I think for a lot of people, that is where they're like, Ugh. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get yeah. it. Okay. This is Nikki Nellis, Industry Night. We are getting magical. Uh, we'll be back in just a sec. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real Fun DC. <sighs> Serving up thought for food. Now back to Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. And we're back on Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Uh, as I said in the beginning of the show, it's not witchy, it's magical. I'm here with Deb Schaefer. She is a spiritual herbalist and she owns a company called Enchanted Botanical. She makes her own products. I have been the beneficiary of some, they are fabulous. Uh, and before we took a break, she was talking about uh, these products that she's making. And I wanted, but we didn't really mention what they are. So we started on sort of these dried flowers and herbs that you have, but how are you packaging them? How are you advising them used? And you have lotions and I hate to say potions. Potions. No, I think potions is a very fun word. Use it. (laughs) What do you have and how are you advising people to use it? Okay. So first let me, let me give a quick definition of magic because I don't want anybody to be put off thinking, I'm in my studio wearing my witch hat and, you know, my stripy socks and, you know, a cat on my shoulder. Um, Magic to me, this is my definition. Magic is the art of reweaving your fate. So you're taking steps to do something to better yourself. So what I have created are, um, I have candles and I know your viewers won't be able to see me, Nikki, but you can see me. Yes. And um, so I've got these beautiful candles and they're layered with, um, so this candle happens to be release. And every candle starts with an intention, things that maybe we want to work on. And what I've done is pulled in the different ingredients that are going to resonate with that intention. So like with the release candle, We all have things that we want to just let go of, Mm -hmm. things that no longer serve our highest good, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe things that we have hung on to too long, Mm -hmm. and we need a little help to let that go. Because again, going back to that energy line analogy, we just get clogged. We're we're just full. Mm -hmm. And so with the release candle, I've built into it the specific herbs and flowers Um, also essential oils Mm -hmm. that resonate with the same vibration. And I know, again, I'm starting to use a lot of woo-woo words, but everything is energy. And we as, as humans vibrate at a certain frequency, a certain resonance. And so the trick is to find those ingredients that resonate with 
um, the intention of release or another candle is clarity, which my gosh is something lockdown has been. We can all use, can all use a little clarity. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my best sellers. Um, I've got another candle and an incense actually called moon dance. Mm. So you would ask a little bit about, you know, let's talk about the moon. Right. So if you follow the moon phases, and so we start with a new moon, we roll through when it's starting to grow, then it's the full moon where it's, it's, it's at its, its largest, mm -hmm. and then it starts to fade away. So in a, in a magical or spiritual practice, you could start the best time to start a new project is when the moon is just starting to grow mm. um as as humans we have you know what like 75 to 90 percent water and the moon we know it's gravitational the gravitational pull effect that it has on water so if you talk to somebody in the healthcare industry they'll tell you you know that's the craziest time of 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 the month is when the moon is full in the emergency room. So you want to start a project at the new moon. You are really building um, your work in that project. So say you're writing a book, you're writing a blog, whatever. You're going to start it on the on the new moon. Um, really get into it. And by the time the full moon comes around, you have finished refining it and you're ready to start bringing it to completion. And anything that comes after the full moon, remember is starting to fade away. Mm. So it's a great time for letting go, for releasing, for finishing until you come around to the day, day and a half before the new moon is called the dark moon. Mm -hmm. And um, astronomically, they don't consider like meteorologists probably would not talk about a dark moon. Um, but again, if you follow the moon cycle, there is a dark moon when there is absolutely no, no image of the moon in the sky. It's completely dark. Right. And I like to say that, that that moment in the moon's life cycle is when she and when we can take advantage of like that last exhale before you start all over again. Okay. okay, so why did I say all that? Because if you want to start a new project, maybe there isn't a new moon in the sky, or maybe you want to, you know, start getting rid of something in your life, but we're not in that phase either. So what I've done is researched all of the, 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 the most powerful herbs and flowers and essential oils and crystals, because my, my candles do have crystals in mm -hmm. them too. Which ones of those resonate most strongly with each phase of the moon? Hmm. So somebody once called um, my candles a magic or the moon dance candle, a magical loophole, because you've got every phase of the candle or every phase of the moon in the candle. And so you could pull out your candle and have a full moon, <laughs> whatever you need it. Um, <laughs> if you're working with moon dance. Right. So, <laughs> okay, well, I did some sleuthing around your website to see yes. the kinds of things that you uh -huh. have there. So, you have a cauldron at the site. What is the cauldron for? Okay, so, um, you know, a cauldron 
you could buy a cauldron at Tractor Supply. They're basically used for when you go camping <laughs> to put okay. it over a fire. Um, so they, that's really what they are. They're for burning. Yeah. And so sometimes, um, like say with my loose incense, which is the base is dried herbs, dried flowers. Um, again, put together, pulled together very intentionally uh -huh. um, to help you do certain work, um, like releasing or manifesting, or I've got one um, called Bright Blessings. Uh -huh. So Bright Blessings pulls together all of those ingredients that are going to help you be grateful for everything that you've been given uh -huh. and grateful for what's yet to come. Uh -huh. So one good way to really start, um, you've heard that term, light a fire under your you-know-what, you know, to get you going. So what you can literally do with the loose incense is get a cauldron or a fireproof, heat-proof bowl. It doesn't have to be a cauldron. Um, I just think they're kind of fun. It and, is fun. No, you know, it's fun. Magically, a little, you know, good witchy. Right. Um, but you could actually put some of the herbs in there. And I'm not saying that people have to buy my herbs either, but um, no, I just happened to put them together for you in case you need that. But well, I ask you a question. So I know you have yeah. packaged herbs that you sell, but um, if I were to come and talk with you, would you say, yes. I'm going to make a set? Yes. Do you do? So that's my, that's my custom work. Okay. And so when somebody comes to me wanting um, like a custom spray, um, essential oil spray or a custom incense, I sit down um, and, and do, you know, a little meditation to get in the right space. Mm -hmm. And I um, will go down the list of everything that's in my apothecary, all of my herbs, my flowers, my oils, crystals, and um, what I'm, what I do is, and this is where a little bit of woo-woo comes in and you mm -hmm. kind of just have to, you know, sometimes I can't believe it either, but I do because that's what I do. Right. Um, so I connect, ask my angels, my spirit guides to connect with yours. So say I was building a custom product for you and then they communicate to me and they'll say, yes to this product, like yes to basil, um, yes to thyme, yes to lemon balm, no to all of these other things, down to the percentage of what I'm going to use. Huh. And, um, and then what I do is I'll, I'll type up, I call it a reading, again, for lack of a better word, but it's a description of every ingredient that's in your custom product, what it's spiritual and energetic and magical properties are and why they were chosen for you at this time what are they going to help you move through so because what we all came here to do was i believe do good things and and sometimes that takes time and and practice and help sometimes we lose our way Right? Like, we do. We you know, do. Not like Tony talking earlier. Exactly. Oh, yes. Like his dad lost his way and, you know, he's trying right. to, it. you know, right. I mean, so I don't disagree with what you're saying at all. Right. And so that's what I feel like. And, and that's why I feel, gosh, what synchronicity that you had both of us on mm -hmm. here because we are both all about helping people find their way. Mm -hmm. Um, we come at it from two different 
um, genres, but in our hearts, it's all the same. It's, you know, we have a mission mm -hmm. and, um, well, I'd like that's to get mine. this kind of full circle for you. So you had this terrible cancer diagnosis, right? And they told you you had two I had years left, two years, and it's been fifteen. And it's been fifteen. So you did all the prescriptive medical, absolutely, care. because this did not start. I made my deal, mm -hmm. and but I also knew that I had to do everything I could. So I got into a clinical trial at Georgetown for the, the chemotherapy. Uh -huh. um, like I said, I did my radiation. I had a number of surgeries and reconstruction because I didn't want to give this a chance to come back. Sure. And, and then I just, it was like they opened the gates and I, I ran through and I haven't stopped learning. Yeah. And um, it's, it's just, so exciting to really see um, the results now of all my learning, all my class taking and not knowing why am I doing this and why am I doing that? And is it ever going to come to anything? Mm -hmm. And now, now it, it is. It so has. You have your own store. Yes. People can order offline. Tell, yes. them, tell everybody where they can find uh, you online, you yeah. on Instagram, and how they can how can, let's just give them a quick, like how they can work with you before we wrap up. Okay, sure. So, um, on Instagram, I'm at enchanted botanicals with mm -hmm. an S, um, also on Facebook and my website is enchanted dash botanicals.com. Mm -hmm. And they can go there. They can read about me. Um, they can go to my online shop and I've tried to be very descriptive about each product and what it will help you do. And um, my phone number is on there. My email is on there. Hello at enchanted-botanicals.com. So um, I love to, to really work with people one-on-one -on -one that way. They can come here to my studio. Um, I'm going to be back teaching classes now that, um, you know, we're out of hopefully fingers crossed out of the woods <laughs> right? Um, and we could be, we could be together again um, because the classes that I teach are very interactive mm -hmm. and um, you have to feel things. You have to feel, you know, what is this herb telling you? What do you get from that flower? Um, mm -hmm. Which you can't really do if I'm just holding it up to you, you know, online. So that's another way. And um, yeah, so they can feel free to call me, text me, email me, pop onto my website. There's a contact form. Great. And I am so happy to, to help whoever. Right. I love it. Deb uh, Schaefer, uh, Enchanted Botanicals. Thank you so much for joining thank you, us. Thank today. you so much. Well, that was a really different show for Industry Night. We talked about things that we don't normally talk about on the show, but still information that you need. Um, please check out what Tony Lewis Jr. is doing. He is a force to be reckoned with. Trust me when I tell you, if you Google him, you will find his website. You will find articles about him. 
Um, he is doing amazing things in the DC community and uh, he should be applauded, lauded, and supported. And then also thanks so much to Deb Schaefer as well. Um, I love what she's doing with Enchanted Botanicals. Uh, what a inspiring story as a breast cancer survivor um, and really beating the odds and now passing on this mysticism joy to others. Um, I am going down the rabbit hole on it. So as always, I want to thank you for joining me on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. Don't at me, but follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Everybody have a delicious week. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC.